0: Welcome, everybody, to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. And I'm here with my compadre, my co-writer, and I'm happy to say, Pat, and you are too, our book is still a bestseller, fortunately, Hollywood Godfather. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, no, hey, that's that's why I'm happy, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean it's... it's Imagine me, I mean, people come up to me in the street and they say, wow, that book, we can love that book. And, and, you know, like we're saying, I mean, to me, people are telling me that's a rarity. Is that a rarity, Pat, for us to be still a bestseller? Uh,
1: The the average uh, shelf life of a hardcover book, which is what we had, is a year. Now we're going, it'll it'll be three years for us in March and it's still selling like gangbusters. Uh, and it's all—it's you, obviously. You're going on a lot of shows. You, you you do a lot of stuff, but uh more than that, it's word of mouth. Yeah, I mean the word of mouth. That's the, if 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 you can get that in any book, people telling their friends about the book, and that's how it sells. That's what you're looking for. And apparently, that's what we got. I was stopped on the street uh, a couple of days ago by uh, a, a, a former vice president of the university where i work and this is the type of this would be the last type of book i'd expect this type of individual to be reading i mean he stops because he knows i work in a school i don't know the guy but he just saw me on the street he, he wouldn't let me alone <laughs> he said <laughs> what a great book he said it was it was i laughed i cried and he's he uh he pointed out the part where you killed uh, that uh, pedophile in bellevue hospital when you were 12 years old and then uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, nurse, uh, Dolores. Dolores, oh my God, yeah. Uh, she, she, she wrapped you up in her arms. She said, I actually cried. He said, what a fantastic book. He said, That's uh,
0: fabulous. I mean,
1: like you, yeah. I,
0: I, I'm getting all walks of life, young, old. And it's, it's, it's good. And we want to yeah. thank our audience and thank even, I mean, this audience, plus the book-buying audience, but this audience has really been promoting as well also. So
1: yeah, we appreciate
0: keep the cards and letter coming in. And we have a, a request that somebody asked me about that why I never talked about Ralph Lamb on our show. And I'm saying to myself, Ralph Lamb, why would this guy even know that? And yeah. uh, you know, most people don't know him. I had the privilege of meeting him almost immediately when I got there in 1959. And um, he was a character and a half. I mean, he talked about going to Nevada and going out west. This guy literally rode a horse. I mean, yeah, he was in squad cars too, but six guns. The whole Lamb family, one was the governor, one was, I mean, I mean it was crazy. And then Darwin, yeah, ran, I'm sorry?
1: I was, going to, I was just going to continue, but go
0: ahead. What are you going to say? No, Darwin Lamb had this big place to be. If you want to get any favors done or get on the good side of the sheriff, you'd go out and eat at this ranch, Darwin's Ranch. It's a big outside restaurant, but it's the closest thing of being in Nevada, I guess, in the 1800s, and wearing cowboy suits and all that. Now, you can imagine me. I'm walking around in a three-piece Brioni suit. So, but... Um, I got friendly with the guy, and uh, what'd you find out about him?
1: Well, uh, We haven't uh, mentioned his position, which was the sheriff of Clark County. Right. Uh, And Vegas is is in Clark County. But like Johnny was saying, you know, the the, the 1950s wasn't that long ago. Uh, uh, But when you're talking about Vegas, there there was a lot of Western atmosphere then. I mean, you got to picture this town, which was... Built in in, in the, the middle of the desert, out of nowhere, and it was it was in the West. And uh, Sheriff Lamb, I mean, he had a he had quite a history. His father was killed in a in a in a rodeo accident when he was a kid. Uh, he had uh, t- ten brothers and sisters. Was it that many? I knew there was a huge a huge amount of them. <laughs> yeah, he had ten brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, they would take after his father died uh, in in uh, in the accident. Uh, they were, everybody went to work taking our jobs to keep the family supported and, and to feed all those mouths. He winds up enlisting in the Army when he served in the Pacific Theater during World War II. He returns to Nevada and took a position as a Clark County Deputy Sheriff, which is basically the the, the, the rank of a cop. There's a lot of Deputy Sheriffs. There's only one sheriff.
0: But what 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 we should point out, the sheriff out there it's like the police commissioner in the major
1: city. He is yeah. the main guy. There's nobody yeah. bigger. Uh, well, well, anyway, he, he had that job. He was he was a cop on, on, a, on, a, on a beat, on a horse or in a car or whatever. Right. He, there's, there's not much money to be made there. And he left in 1954 to start his own private detective agency. Uh, I don't know how that worked out, but in 1958, uh, he ran for sheriff. That's an elected position. He ran for sheriff of... Uh, Clark County, but he lost, uh, the person he lost to butch, uh, Leopold, who I never heard of you, ever had that name?
0: No, no.
1: Well, he only served one term. He served, uh, one term until 1961 when he resigned, uh, because he was appointed uh, to the Nevada Gaming control board. Now lamb was named as his successor. He didn't run, he didn't get elected to, to the office, but he had previously run, so they picked him to complete, uh, butch Leopold's term. Uh, so he served uh, until uh, 1979. He, ke- he kept on winning his elections. Uh, and in 1979, he, uh, he lost the reelection to a guy named John McCarthy. Yeah, he was a yeah, good guy, good guy too. Lamb, Lamb was noted for trying the impossible. He was trying to get the mafia out of Las Vegas. And that's like sword fighting with Zorro. I mean, how are you going to win? <laughs> I know, I'm
0: they had a lot of deals, though. I mean, it was so funny to me because I, I never, I mean, how I met him was, again, socially. And uh, and this was long before I did The Godfather or anything else. I, I was living out there and, and doing a lot of things at the Sands Hotel. But that name, they feared him. I mean, they you had to watch what you were doing with this guy because he was the, the old school I run this town kind
1: of guy. He was a, he was a hands-on cop. Yeah. but totally.
0: And the biggest thing that I remember was Kurt Kokorian who we spoke about numerous times, that Kurt built the biggest hotels in Nevada. The first big one was the International Hotel. And uh, he called me once and said to me, what's with this sheriff? He keeps calling my my office. In Beverly Hills, that I get it, got to get down there and get fingerprinted, and get my sheriff's card. Unless you're not opening your hotel, I said, yeah, that's the lawyer. He says, you mean I'm building a multi-million-dollar hotel and I got to go get a sheriff's card? I said, yeah. So he went, tried everything, he went around it all, and it got down to be the last 48 hours. And now it's making the news that if Kirk Kerkorian and yet we're talking about the opening of the 4th of July. You had Barbara Streisand and the sheriff gave him 48-hour notice. And most people don't realize the hotels in Nevada don't have locks on their door. So there's no way you can say you lock them because that's part of the law. They have to have accessibility 24 hours a day. There's not a hotel that has a door lock on it. So he went and bought enough chain to interlock into the handles to chain the place closed. And he made an exhibit of it that he was coming after him. <laughs> and Kirk Kikorian had to fly in, pardon him in on his private jet, and go down and get fingerprinted. And Ralph Lamb loved that moment because he had Kirk Kikorian who at that time owned TWA and everything else. But that's who he was, man. And uh, I mean, I've I've had so many, le- and I thank God the guy liked me. He used to say to me, you were, not, you were Italian, all right? And I said, yeah. He said, you were in that mafiosa stuff? I said, no, it's a good deal. Well, I'm gonna get you. I said, leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, this guy, now you talk about guys like 6'3". And-
1: to what end did he go to? To try to get the mob out of Vegas. What could he possibly try to do? How did he do it?
0: Well, he passed a couple of good laws. They passed a law that if you're a felon in any state in the United States, you had to register within 24 hours of landing there, which is against your constitutional rights. But it's a Nevada law with gaming. If you go in a gaming institution and he had a manifest, of all the airlines. He knew it was coming from where and what and where. Even before, you know, nine eleven, you had to show proof. Planes were coming in. I mean, this guy was had spotters, and he was arresting guys that were in the headlines of New York, let's say. And he put you in jail for 48 hours just on that. So, I mean, the guy, and then they created the, the you know, the Black Book, which again is unconstitutional, where if you're a felon and you're in the black book, you can't go into a casino and gamble. You can't go into a casino and eat if it has a, a gaming license, which saved me a lot from guys I didn't want in my when I opened State Street, one being Tony Spalatro because he was in the black book. And I never wanted to entertain that guy. Even. And every time he came to my door, I said, listen, I can't let you in. And he used to get crazy 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, but thank God I never let him in. But uh, Ralph got a lot done because they didn't want the mob taking over Nevada. And with the backing of the, the, the powers that be, and one of the guys who I, who I always thought was very funny that he's with them every day was Mo Dalitz. Because Mo Dalitz was Bugsy's guy, never got licensed. Every time they called him for licensing, there was some something that came up. But that went on for twenty some years, and he owned the Nevada Club downtown, right across from Benny Binion's and the Horseshoe. But you well, know, if
1: you, so if you were Sheriff Lamb's friend, you you got a little leeway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like you know, if you are the commissioner's friend in New York, you're going to get a little leeway. I mean, they got they right. ran it. I mean, they they did it, and they it's. Uh,
1: but from what i was able to ascertain on the very little that, that that's that's written about this guy a straight shooter he wasn't a, a he wasn't corrupt
0: no they i mean he the, the lamb family made a lot of money yeah in the long run but the one thing that amazed me and it was that during the watts riots in la and they said they were going to come to nevada he went on national television and said any, and I can't even use the word because it's not politically correct what he was calling these people. He said, at, we had a curfew. He actually had a curfew at six o'clock for African Americans that they'd shoot and kill them. You couldn't be on the streets. And it was on all the headlines. And, he and this was
1: something that was going on in L.A. He thought it was going to spill over to Vegas?
0: Yeah, because they, they threatened that they were coming to Vegas next. And they couldn't. Well, that those riots were insane.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, South Central. It was pretty bad.
0: No, it was really bad. So they felt the next place to go. I mean, I'm sure if it was today, look what Black Lives Matter has done. They're all over the world. So, I mean, if they were a little more organized, they would have went to Nevada where the big money was. But he held them off and... Uh, he deputized everybody. I was right there. I got sworn in. I love being a deputy. Now I can carry two guns and do whatever I want. <laughs> but I watched him do a lot of crazy things, and I mean, to take control of, of a of a town, and he did it. But you know, fortunately, I had my sheriff's card. I had my anything you could think about. But they kept a lot of riff raff out. And then, as we all know, until. Chicago, they were running it basically under the guidance of the sheriff's office and everything else of how to run it and keep all your business within your properties. And that's why there was never any family wars. And every, everybody that don't know Nevada, it was structured like the five families in New York. Each hotel, or if they had two or three, Detroit had two hotels. Uh, New England had one, the Dunes. And long as they did their business within their four walls and created no problems, like you said, they turned the back on it and they organized it and made it what it is today. And I mean, that's a destination, but now I think they would love to have a Ralph Lamb there now because I'm hearing ever since this COVID and the lockdown and the reopening of Nevada, as it is, they discounted all the rooms, never realizing who was going to take advantage of coming in. And there are a lot of unwanted people from, you know, uh, every bad area in LA there. And now they don't know how to get rid of them. And I've you heard know, a lot of uh, terrible stories of what's going on.
1: Yeah, well, crime obviously is going up everywhere. And Vegas isn't immune. The mob is not there anymore. So it's an open city like any other open city. But uh, Sheriff Lamb uh, actually uh, was the subject of a television show, in 2012, uh, appropriately titled Vegas, starring uh, D- Dennis Quaid, portrayed Lamb. And uh, I watched the show when it came on and not for any other reason that it was all Las Vegas. And it interested me because and I was there during that time. I would come and go for vacations but It was a good show. It got very good reviews. And it was uh Dennis Quaid portrayed Lamb as uh as you Johnny are, are describing him. Tough guy. Oh yeah. Bullshit from anybody. Uh but even with the uh it got decent ratings and it was canceled after uh uh 13 episodes, one well, season. I'm
0: shocked that they had When you mentioned that to me cuz there was a show Vegas. That was a big show. In fact, uh, Dennis Farina was the star of it. It was on for four or five years. A big show, and I had Is State that? Street or, already going, so it had to be in the '80s. And that show lasted forever.
1: And that well, was. There was quite uh, a few shows. Uh, uh, the last one, uh, uh, Vegas, it was called with the uh, Jimmy Conn. I know.
0: It's amazing. I guess, like, I guess they can't. They can't um, copyright
1: Vegas because it's a city. No, you can't copyright uh, in in the arts world, you can't copyright a title, even even of a, of a book. See, when you and I got together, I said, hey, let's call this Gone with the Wind, man. It'll sell a 1,000 copies the first hour. <laughs> or, or or how about this? This was a title I always liked. Oprah loved this book. That's the title of the book. <laughs> that would sell a couple, me. what do you think? Yeah. But no, you, you, can't, you can't copyright a title. It's something not many people know. You can copyright what's in the book, but you can't copyright the title. In fact, now that I'm on a roll here, when our book came out, Hollywood Godfather, another book came out, also called Hollywood Godfather. You aware of that? It was before us though. Not long before, a couple of
0: months. Not yeah. long. Yeah, but yeah, what what I liked about that though, because we soon took that first position and that book became second. And now it's eradicated entirely. <laughs>
1: oh, no, it was gone. I mean, it didn't sell anything. But the, the, the point is two books at the same time named Hollywood Godfather. Uh, they both had different subtitles, obviously, but yeah. still, people can confused. Uh, the point is, uh, when it comes to titles, you can use anything you want.
0: So I, I wonder why I mean, I, I knew more about Lamb than even the news or anything else, because you, you didn't find much on the guy. And I thought we would definitely have a full hour talking about his escapades. But it seems that um, there really wasn't that much about him outside of the state of Nevada.
1: Well, and, and a lot of winning elections, losing elections. He, he ran a very tight ship. And if he's doing his job correctly, he maintains a low profile, but maintains a lot of power, which is what he had. He oh. didn't want his, uh, his picture splashed everywhere. Didn't want to go on television. He just had to see the power and he was going to use it the way he wanted to use it. And he was extremely effective Wow! in his job.
0: Well, whoever he, requested this, that's all we have on the Lamb family.
1: Well, he, well, just you know, to, to wrap it up, or at least this part of the show, he died in July of uh, 2015 undergoing uh, uh, surgery. He passed away on the table.
0: On the table, do you know what it was
1: for? No, I couldn't find out either. Just uh, complications from surgery.
0: Huh, okay. Yeah,
1: well, he well he was 88, you know. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. You, you well, he can
0: lived to 88. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, you can sneeze when you're 88 and bad things might happen. You
0: know, you oh, never know. Um, All right, uh, well, let's go to a commercial and we'll go to the mailbag and talk about our own current events and what's going on okay. in our lives.
1: We'll, we'll be that.
0: right back. Today's show is being sponsored by... Caudillon Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Caudillon Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces. Marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CordelionBuyInItalian.com That's CordelionBuyInItalian.com All right, we're back. Let's go to the... uh, You got some mail for us? I do, sir. I do. I have mail.
1: Uh, The first one is from Billy. I love the A.J. Benza episode. What a great character. I'm literally in, in lockdown in Bangkok, Thailand. Mass COVID hysteria. Better than all the movie channels I have to choose from. Talking about our podcast. I think that's very nice.
0: Yeah, and you know what that guy, I know who he is. I've been praying for this kid. I met him in Vegas years ago, and I got really Samuel. friendly with him. He's a pilot, was a pilot. And um he's I mean, you would never think the attitude this kid has right now, because he's I think five years with uh, terminal cancer.
1: Really, geez.
0: Yeah, and um, Billy, a shout out to you because he's listening, man. He has all Bangkok listening to us. He's a great Excellent. kid, great kid. I wonder
1: if there's anybody, if there's somebody in North Korea that listens to us, or if, if you get caught, <laughs> you get shot. I mean, we I, I don't know what the policy is over there.
0: We didn't get any mail yet from there. So, moving on.
1: Okay. Uh, from Chrissy G. Uh, this is a rather lengthy letter, but we're not going anywhere. Is it
0: a lady? Or a
1: pardon
0: Chris? me? Chrissy, is that a female or male?
1: I would think so, K-R-I-S-S-Y. Uh, yeah, uh, oh me. yeah, pardon me, Kristen. Kristen. Sheep, uh, hold him in parenthesis. Anyway, oh. this is really great. So uh, wonderful to just listen to the stories Johnny and Pat have to tell with such ease. I've been telling people about it like crazy. I recently watched a documentary on Dominic Dunn, uh, where he really sounded like he, he, he knew all the who's who of showbiz, very much like Gianni. He opens with a story about Frank Sinatra and how they both hated one another. Uh, Dominic uh, talks of a night where Frank actually paid a, made a D to slap him in the face. Yeah, I heard this story too. Uh, did you know Dominic Dunn? Uh, Dunn speaks of being, uh, uh free of a uh drugstore uh, free of a drug charge uh but by the pull with one of with one belden cattleman
0: belden cattleman oh yeah uh,
1: with one of his co- one of his co- uh, connections do you know cattleman
0: oh right. Bel belden <laughs> belden yeah belden I just found- owned the uh, el rancho hotel
1: okay if you know him uh do you have much to tell anyway uh thanks and i, I enjoy uh podcast uh very much anyway uh dominic dunn is a very well-known author or was he passed away but uh he was the uh uh author assigned from vanity fair to cover the oj simpson trial he wrote numerous best-selling books uh did you know him no i
0: never met him i knew of him because the sinatra hated him and then uh, if
1: you- <laughs> apparently if you if you pay a waiter to go to slap <laughs> done in the face yeah and a hell of a tip uh, anyway who's this guy cattleman
0: Belden Cattleman was one of the first people to venture out right at the borderline of Clark County, at Sahara and Las Vegas Boulevard. And he built one of the biggest hotels at that time, and the uh, El Rancho. And in fact, And uh, one of our presidents performed there, Ronald Reagan, a song and dance show. <laughs> that
1: was a while ago. And
0: in the 40s, that's where... Uh, Another name we spoke about a lot on the show, who I, was one of my mentors actually, was Kurt Kokorian. That's where Kurt used to gamble and fell in love with Vegas and then started building hotels there. And I love right. Belden. Belden. Belden had the best club in Beverly Hills called the Luau. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was there every, every Friday on Cannon
1: Drive. Okay, uh, we have an email from Randy. Says, I am a loyal listener to the Hollywood Godfather podcast and I look forward to listening to your podcast every Wednesday. I've read numerous mafia-related books, including Hollywood Godfather, and I always enjoy uh, learning everything I can about the mob. I know you uh, stated that you were involved with the Vatican. I was wondering if you can explain in more detail or perhaps do a show about your role with the Vatican. Thank you, Randy. about the Vatican, your involvement with the Vatican. Oh, the We're Vatican!
0: Sp- oh my God!
1: We've spoken about it in the past.
0: Uh, yeah, so well, I guess- yeah. I mean, yeah. You should go back to some of the shows because that would be redundant, because yeah. we've done a lot about the Vatican and my relationship with the last Pope that I got to really know and love, John Paul, and um, the second. And um, since then, I have not been back to the Vatican. yeah we have a
1: couple of chapters in in the book about your escapades uh with nick nitty and the vatican and oh
0: yeah
1: the jobs you did so yeah i would recommend to randy uh definitely get the book oh but you said you read the book anyway yeah we have a lot of detailed information in there and the some older episodes of the podcast right okay anthony hey guys appreciate the podcast and and the work you do uh I have a question, uh, did Gianni know or hang out with Wayne Newton when he was in Las Vegas? I
0: love Wayne Newton, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I'm. This is a classic story, nobody knows this story. Wayne Newton was performing in Benny's Horseshoe when he first got there. It was a trio called Newton, Amato, and Newton. And I knew nothing about him, I didn't wanna go down there. But I was asked to become friendly with a guy that everybody said you couldn't get next to. And because of his aircraft business and the contract he just received from the United States government with a big profit, he had to come in and stop, had to, orders, come in and stop buying hotels. And we're talking about Howard Hughes. So Howard Hughes, and I got friendly through people around him that he bought the first hotel he bought from uh, Wilbur Clark, who was a builder, who was a front for other people. And uh, he bought that hotel. And he used to like to go downtown and watch Wayne Newton, um, what was Amato Newton and Amato. I mean... Uh, Newton, Amato, and Newton, his brother. And and Tommy Amato was the bass player. And it was because of his association with, with, you know, this guy. He moved him up and had his people put him in the Sands Hotel. And they made Wayne Newton who he was. And his brother became his manager. Tommy Tommy was in the band for a while, and then he moved on. But um, Howard Hughes created Wayne Newton. He loved him. He was doing lounge acts, like I said, downtown. But um, they, uh, still they in put Vegas. a lot of money behind him, man.
1: Wayne Newton's uh, s- uh, still in Vegas. Uh, oh, I'm my old. God,
0: yeah. Well, Wayne Newton now has got to be like 80, 81, He's, uh, He's I heard him. he has some dementia, but like uh, another performer that just performed in New York, he, they all have long-term memory and their dementia is in short-term memory.
1: You're talking about Tony Bennett?
0: Yes, and that's why I didn't get out and do two hours of shows because those songs come to them like nothing. And,
1: forth- you, and I, you and I were speaking about this last night uh, that you had us to the show but you had other things to do. Tony Bennett is appearing with uh, Lady Gaga. Of course, they did an album back in the day, but uh, I heard an interview with Tony Bennett's daughter who said that he basically is pretty much in the throes of of dementia, and he's in pretty bad shape, but he could sing every song he ever sang throughout his entire life with no problem. And if you know anything about Tony Bennett or saw any of his shows, and I I saw the first show with Bennett probably 40 years ago in Vegas. I saw him in Radio City. Uh, he does the same show all the time. He never interacts with the audience. No. Just sings the songs, goes from one to the next, to the next, to the next, uh, bows his head when he gets uh, applause, but that's it. So what he did with Lady Gaga was, is what he's been doing all his life, just singing and keeping his mouth shut uh, uh, between songs.
0: Yeah, and, and she obviously added a lot to the show. And oh, yeah. It was very nice. I mean, that I mean, they were sold out. And I, a lot of people was unfortunately saying it's probably his last. I don't think so. Because, again, with long-term term dementia, you could go on. Because, you know, it's the short-term memory. What happened today, what he ate, his name even, if it But 90, lyrics and stuff he programmed, is, it's there.
1: I, I believe he's 94. Yeah. No, no he uh, turned
0: 95 last week. The 26th. Wow.
1: He's still got the voice. He might not have his mind. Oh know, yeah,
0: speaking. no, no. The, yeah, what's I mean, well, you know, he's, he's. I, I, again, I, 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 I'm, I wish his wife, his current wife, would stop talking about it. Let the man be, man. Everybody's. You couldn't get a ticket in there last night. It was sold out. Well, uh,
1: that's that's a what's that? That's a five thousand seat room or something like
0: that. Sixty five hundred seats to be exact.
1: Wow. You know, and with the balcony I, and all. I, I, I give a lot of credit to Lady Gaga. She's a true friend. She didn't
0: have to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, He's she's not stupid either. I mean, she's got a big movie coming out. She just did The House of Gucci, and she's playing, you know, the lead with Pacino. Yeah. And it's good publicity. I mean, they were sold out.
1: Uh, getting back to Newton, uh, Jackie Gleason launched his career on TV. Oh, my God, He's- yeah. And the first time I saw him, I mean, I, I was I was young, but I used to watch Jackie Gleason. Was always at my father's restaurant, but I was a big Jackie Gleason fan. And he introduces this guy Wayne Newton, and either I wasn't looking at the screen, or I was looking elsewhere, or whatever. He starts singing,
0: and that he sounded girl. like
1: he sounded like Margaret Whiting, so I, the same voice. I you know she was a singer back during that time. Right. He's like a, like a, not even like a woman, like a girl. Yeah, and that's why he couldn't get a job
0: in the casinos because he was not gonna attract players. Yeah. No no wise guys are gonna go see Wayne Newton.
1: <laughs> well, he attracts uh the the uh, blue haired crowd now, the old now, lady. oh
0: my god, yeah.
1: Well he had so many hits.
0: I mean this guy had a big singing career.
1: He's still uh what does he do, lounge shows or he's got a room? The no, community. he has
0: a room, but he's only doing it with tracks now and uh you know, he's got short-term dementia, but they're, yeah. they're, these guys don't know what to do. You know, they open the refrigerator, light goes on, they do a half hour there. I mean, they, they need to go on the stage. They want to put a tuxedo on, that's what he's done all his life. Sort of sit at home, you know, he has a beautiful wife who's an attorney. They live in this original house out there and uh, right off a of Tropicana in paradise, but.
1: A lot of horses too, right?
0: Yeah. He did. He's, I heard he was selling a lot of them off. Yeah. But he was buying a lot of Arabians at the time, but he was making big money, 250,000
1: then, which was big, big money. But, um, look for Wayne, he's still at it. All right. Got a an email here from, from Rob. This is a two part email. Uh, first off, I would like to say great podcast. I heard about it on the Johnny Deere morning show in Kansas city. Oh, wow. Well, he was, he's pushing our podcast. Thank you, John. Yeah, I was
0: on that show. I remember that show.
1: Okay. I started listening that day. Keep up the great work. I have two questions for Gianni. One, my grandmother had a family friend that worked uh, on uh, the Jim Garrison investigation into the JFK assassination. She's from the St. Louis area, but I'm not sure in what capacity she was involved. Uh, She used to get visits from the FBI on a weekly basis. My question is uh, what was the Midwest connection to the JFK assassination? That's the first question. Two, when I was a kid in the early 1980s, used to see car bombings frequently on, on the news out of St. Louis. Uh, it was always blamed on the mob. you tell me if this had uh, something to do with the mob and what it was? Thank you for your time, Rob. Well, the only thing I,
0: I could, I, I mean, St. Louis, there's a lot of people from St. Louis, I mean, that family it was a strong family, and they they were connected with the Midwest on getting rid of JFK. Now, what his grandmother was doing, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to disrespect your grandmother, but uh, was she a widow? Was she dating a mob guy? I don't understand why. Well, she why-
1: worked for Garrison. She could have been a clerk. She wasn't a witness.
0: Well, why were the FBI constantly going to her house?
1: Well, uh, uh, Garrison Got indicted after that for other crimes. she Got kicked out of office. So oh, maybe- she
0: worked for Garrison. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed yeah, that she, part. She worked for
1: the DA, who was a lunatic. Yeah. Oh, oh
0: well, there you go. Hello, she. Yeah. They wanted to see how corrupt he really was.
1: Yeah, no, he was. He was a bad guy.
0: I didn't even know her. See, my situation. I, I want to say this to the audience. I had nothing to do with the assassination of JFK. I knew they were going to assassinate somebody. And I left that morning, November 22nd, on the independent ship. And I stayed out of the country, thank God, to Costello, knowing what was gonna be going on. And I was gone for almost two years, 22 months to be exact. And so while all this was going on and all the newsreels, I was eating in every best restaurant through France and Italy. And uh, when they told me to come back, I came back. And I went out to Vegas then. It's crazy times crazy
1: times okay yeah uh, we got one from uh another bill uh okay hi gianni have you ever heard of jack mirski m-i-r-s-k-i in 1964 1965 he lived in chicago and my older sister was friends with his daughter they lived in our apartment building on Lakeshore drive uh i think he worked at, at the stardust I, I remember going to his place for chinese food and he had pictures of himself and all the Vegas stars at the time short stout always had a cigar well no, I mean
0: people from Chicago nick nitty and nitty travel they basically filled the stardust hotel and the restaurant she's talking about is Aku Aku it was a Polynesian restaurant not Chinese and because of the connection with acardo and so many of major stars, even Sinatra was there a lot, because you know that was basically they owned them, New York and Chicago owned Frank for the longest time after he ran away and became part of that crew. But um, I, I know the name, and I, I don't know him though. I I, I know I probably met him a hundred times, but the stardust was you know the Chicago hotel to stay so when he was comped, I'm sure which everybody was
1: all right we've got one from uh, michael hi all so i live in las vegas unfortunately i didn't get to see it before the corporations bastardized it listening to you mr russo speak of it uh makes me wish i would have seen it in its heyday uh, hey we have the raiders to watch now i guess that's something originally uh i'm from youngstown i was recently at the mob museum in vegas uh where they were selling your book coincidentally the museum has a picture from a news article about a car bombing that occurred in youngstown ohio on november 22nd 1962 involving a catalog cadillac charlie cavallaro mr russo do you know anything about this can you provide any more details and that was the
0: day of the assassination november 22nd he said
1: 62
0: oh 62
1: oh no yeah november 20. you haven't heard of that name no.
0: Cavallero? And that, and that was uh, the year before
1: Can't, yeah the uh, year before it's to the day almost i uh, know i know cadillac charlie cavallero
0: because we just you know the uh we just august 4th was marilyn's 59 years that she's dead
1: she died in 62
0: august oh. 4th
1: I'm thinking maybe they call him Cadillac Charlie because that's the car he got blown up in. But, <laughs> but he, well, in other words, he didn't have the name very long, so maybe that's why you don't know him. Um, <laughs> I, I never right. knew.
0: I, I didn't spend a lot of time in St. Louis, and really was one of my destinations.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, that's it for the emails. Uh,
0: what current events you have going on? We got. You know, I minutes. just have
1: to comment on. Uh, uh, governor Andrew Cuomo from New York, and what this guy's involved in. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew his father, um, Mario when when he was Governor. He got me out of a big jam uh, with with the the, the, the then the, uh, police commissioner Ben Ward, who hated my guts. You never figure out why everybody loves me, right? Right. I never met
0: anybody didn't like you.
1: <laughs> he did not like me. Uh, I was getting too much publicity. I uh, just didn't like me at all and oh, maybe that's why you know that was it there's a saying on the uh the nypd i'm sure every other police department you can't be a bigger star than the police commissioner you know and, yeah. and every chance i got i used to give him a dick because he was just an old drunk in fact they were looking for him once he vanished for four days they they found him in, in some in fact john miller you, you know john right oh yeah i love john miller he's a good friend of mine and uh he was always uh he was always on my side i was on nbc news a lot he said i'm gonna find this guy and we're gonna embarrass him and he found him shacked up with some woman in cleveland somewhere drunk on, as a skunk for four straight days he found him went to the apartment and stuck a microphone in his face
0: are you kidding
1: yeah he did that for me and I, I really appreciate it but anyway i was i was charged with all kinds of uh, administrative stuff which a police commissioner can do i mean i was a lieutenant which involves a lot of paperwork i don't care what capacity you're in you'd be the head of homicide if you're a lieutenant you're a manager but anyway uh uh they were going to go through the, the 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 steps of going through a department trial which is not like a regular trial where you actually have rights right <laughs> you're, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent and i knew that I was going to be found guilty of all these administrative things failure to do this faded to do that it happens when you got a mountain of paperwork the reason was he wanted to fire me, and that was uh, that was going to be my punishment. I was going to lose everything at nineteen years in, no, twenty, just twenty. Wow. Uh, well, don't I, you retire uh, at twenty? Uh, yeah, but you retire with the permission of the police commissioner. He oh. wouldn't let me retire. Oh, I didn't you know that. Job without the police commissioner giving you the go ahead. If he doesn't give it to you, you don't retire. I never that. knew that. All these, yeah, well, I, I, you
0: know, I, I never. Well, I knew a lot of cops, but not to. Be talking anyway, about. anyway uh,
1: i have told the story i was fully expecting to be fired at the, the the uh in this particular case the punishment wouldn't fit the crime because it was all paperwork stuff you know and it would take me about seven years to get my job back uh get all back pay maybe and it was just giving me a hard time anyway i was at the governor's uh mansion for a cancer event uh matilda cuomo who's still around right. uh was big in the american cancer society And my former wife had had cancer she was a cop and survived and they were honoring her so i was there that day i met i met the governor he was coming and going he didn't come to the event he just came to say goodbye to his wife his wife introduced me and politicians being what they are shakes my hand oh you you, lieutenant anything i can do for you well he shouldn't have said that because i had something he could do for me and i gave him 25 words or less that i thought that was being persecuted by this idiot uh police commissioner yeah 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 I took care of it he took care of it uh the day of my trial this captain comes out It was uh, prosecuting me Captain Wells I I' forget this guy he says uh, I don't know who you know, but here's the deal now no trial you leave here go downstairs and retire for benefits wow. so when I left house, <laughs> when I left the house that morning I fully expected
0: no to come benefits in your fired.
1: <laughs> fired lieutenant instead I came back a retired lieutenant I with all my benefits. And I owe that to his dad, who had a a sterling reputation as a high morally standard guy, straight shooter. He was going to be a priest at one time in his youth. He gave it thought. His wife is a sweetheart, still is. Oh, I talked to her the other day. I saw Andrew Cuomo blaming his mother for uh, uh, giving him, and that's what it was. It was blame. He was trying to throw her under the bus, saying that, well, that's what she taught me, you know, kiss everybody, hug everybody. And he's showing pictures during this press conference maybe oh like my god idiot. i mean so... uh but i w- i was really angry that he would do that to his mother you know, it's her fault that i kiss people that's what he basically was saying
0: she yes, taught me to be emotional i mean
1: how yeah, it so me me yeah. and you know i i kissed, you know men and women and uh he, he had to throw gay people in there and 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 uh, minorities he made sure he was appeasing everybody but and you he, know it's,
0: uh, like like oops. you say i i had the privilege of meeting mario Totally black and white from from his two boys. I mean, the three girls you never hear about, other than one married to you know Kenneth Cole, the designer. Maria has her own career, but those five kids. I don't know what happened to the two boys. (laughs) I mean,
1: (laughs) Uh, Maria, I I uh, I knew. I did some bodyguard work back in the day. Very very nice person. What does she she, do? She married uh, Kenneth Cole. Yeah, yeah, Kenny called the guy who makes shoes. Yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah. yeah. And that was the end of whatever career she was gonna have. She, you know, she's a
0: mom and all that. Oh yeah, no, but. but stays no, but out in the spotlight.
1: And Matilda
0: like the- was so funny, because I'm talking to Matilda. I called up my friend, William O'Shaughnessy. And I, cause he loves the Cornwall family. He wrote a book about them and all that, but he was very close to the father. And uh, he's, I mean, a big advocate to Andrew. And Andrew's done favors for me indirectly, even for my family, by getting uh, during COVID uh, someone airlifted and brought to a special hospital. But if you didn't know him, you you would never get this stuff done. But to see like what he's doing now, it's like it, it's such a cowardly, like you're saying, blaming your mother to teach me to be effective. And look, look who I'm kissing here, and that whole collage of kissing people's hands and feet and what they're what you nuts
1: <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't shown up for work for the last three days uh they got a picture of him today in the post on a on a lawn chair with with some uh, unnamed uh, woman he's just sitting on the lawn chair reading something he hasn't he hasn't gone to work the, the world is telling him to resign from the president on down both parties his, his own people are telling him to get out and he just refuses to do it he is going to be so ineffective as a governor that it's not worth for him to stick around. Everybody wants him out. Well, I mean, just,
0: just, I mean, that Me Too movement, you I have, to, I have to have an investigation because he he said, let them investigate me. You're going to find out I did nothing. Well, they did the investigation. They found you did a lot. Now step yeah, down. He wasn't only kissing on cheeks.
1: He was, he was putting his hand up uh, blouses oh, and dress, That's ridiculous uh, pinning people against walls. I mean, you know, uh f- fade away you know but he's he's gonna have to leave he, he can't he he can't, he's gonna be besieged by reporters throwing questions at him his own party wants him out and the uh, both parties got together today i was uh reading some uh late news the uh impeachment process is now in progress yeah and, i mean
0: and plus you've got uh, how about the class action suit from all those families that their well, families their parents died and he he writes a book and gets a million dollar advance.
1: About a, what five, a hero he, he was. Got, he got he five million. Five I million.
0: Mean. Wow.
1: Why didn't we 5. get that? That's that's eighty dollars <laughs> more than we got. Did we get, that, mean, much? get that much? We got that much. the check is on the way. But uh, you well, know, he's got four DAs investigating for four separate counties where these these sexual crimes were committed. Wow. That him. he's going to get indicted to in four different counties and if he doesn't have enough trouble doing that the investigation is not over from what you said he took uh sick elderly people that had COVID and put them in nursing homes against the wishes of the people who own the nursing homes. they said these people are old and they have no resistance everybody's going to die didn't care he put them in they died and then they fudged the statistics oh yeah they said that that, that the,
0: the numbers were somewhat different than really what we dying
1: well, he's got somebody uh, who's who's identified, I don't know her name, but came forward as a whistleblower and said, they lowered these numbers drastically. You know, she admitted it. Uh, oh. So he's got to answer for that. Uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to prison. Well, let's end the show on
0: a high note. Let's. Because, I mean, Mr. Como, you'll get your due. We, Pat and I, want to thank all the listeners and the great mail we keep getting and You just support us to the Hill, and we want to hear from you. We want to do shows you want us to do, and keep sending in the reviews. God bless you. Stay safe. Pat, I love you.
1: Till next week. Love you, buddy. Have a good night.
0: If you're feeling sad and lonely There's a service I could render I'm the one who loves you only I could be so warm, so tender Call me, don't be afraid You can call me Maybe it's late, but just call me Tell me and I'll be around When it seems your friends
2: desert you Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.
0: call.